In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for Giro d'Italia Stage 9 from Savignano sul Rubicone, crossing the Rubicon to Cesena. Now that's the, that's one name, but it's also called the Techno Gym Village. And we figured out what a Techno Gym Village was. I should have known because they're the, the gym equipment in my apartment in Brisbane, in the building's gym, is, is Techno Gym. Not a plug, by the way. Um, somehow we have a the industrial park headquarters of a gym equipment manufacturer have paid for a grand tour stage finish so listen whatever brings money into the sport i'm not complaining because this was a damn good tt 35 flat k's i mean benji this was i mean we got to put a hand up put my hand up ineos have come into this tt into this giro and i don't think i gave him enough airways on the or much airtime on the on the Giro preview but they're looking really really good uh although we haven't hit the first mountain stage yet but yeah well first of all what do you think what were the conditions today and what do you think of the course before I read the results out well when it comes to the course it's a longer time trial than the first one so that's already important but it was rainy out there and mm. initially the predictions was that it would start off rainy and then towards the end the last 10-15 riders it would start drying up but the more I kept watching, the more I was like, when is it going to start drying up? Because suddenly it apparently stopped raining like when the last rider came in. So <laughs> that's irrelevant. It kept raining throughout, which I kind of like because I like my time trials where everybody has a relatively equal fair opportunity compared to the others. If it starts storming halfway through, then you've got these like all time checks where certainly suddenly a rider that started at the start has better time. But that was not the case today. Regular conditions throughout and maybe the wind picked up here or there, but... I'm not a weatherman. Well, and at least because all the GC guys have to start roughly within their own, they're all close enough to each other because yeah. of the previous stages. They're all roughly within the same uh, weather window. Wave. Yeah, they're in the same wave. I think two, three minutes between each other. Now, just to remind you, Roglic lost a boatload of time, what, over 40 seconds in the first TT. Oh, and yeah. the winner is the favourite. Of who was expected to win, Remco Evenepoel on forty-one twenty-four, a fifty-point-seven-two-five k an hour average TT, one second, maybe even less than a second, faster than Grant Thomas, who was my pick yesterday. Absolutely, I was sick. I was sick because <laughs> I was like, I wet conditions, slightly technical, which I don't think favors Remco because he lost to Foss in the Wollongong, which had to be the cornering, and. G loses by less than a second, and there was one corner after the T3 check where G seemed to think the corner was way tighter than it was, yep. completely rubbed off all speed, and then entered it, and it was super wide. He could have carried more speed, and that's where he lost his TT, but st still a win. Gegenhardt in third on two seconds, Benji. That is amazing. Incredible for Minios. Amazing by Minios, and I got to give you some credit as well because we were watching this race together. And I'm very bad at guessing what the time check is going to be when a rider is like 500 meters before the time check. And then suddenly Patrick was like, ooh, 
Thomas is going to finish one second under the time of Gegenhardt with like 600 meters to go. And I was like, Jesus, that's not going to happen. And what happened? One second. I, that was absolutely crazy. Like, how do you do it? Uh, just, I see that. I just guess pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I knew, I thought Remco was at T3. I thought Remco was going to lose. But anyway, Kung on four seconds. He, he still hasn't won a Grand Tour stage. Stefan Kung. He finishes four seconds off the winner. Armirail, his teammate in fifth on eight seconds. Incredible performance from FDJ. Roglic in sixth. Probably not the position he would have wanted to be in, but only 17 seconds behind Remco. Aronsman on 24, Vlasov on 30, Almeida on 35, Caruso on 42, Vine on 50, Kemner on 51, and the only per the, the, ne the first person that Remco beat by a minute was McNulty all the way down to 16th. We were talking about Remco winning, well, not we, but like generally the discourse yeah. was Remco was going to smash the TTs. How much time is yeah. it going to take? And we said yesterday, I, I, I said... You said 45 seconds, I said like a minute 12 or something, so... I, I I expected 45 to 50. Yeah. 30 would be a win for Roglic. Yeah. A minute, a minute 10 is like, oh, that's a lot of time to ship. He loses 17. This is the weirdest feeling you'll ever see to the end of a time trial or a grand tour stage where the winner is more down seemingly yeah. than everyone, every other GC guy. Like Roglic should be, and Yumbo should be ecstatic. Ineos, okay, yeah. G was like, you little bastard, when he was on the hot seat. <laughs> of course he wants to win the stage. And he, he should have beaten Remco in the Swiss uh, TT last year. But this is a huge win for them. And for Remco to basically gain, no, he gained no time on Ineos Day. Yeah, basically no time on Ineos. And even the time that he gains on the Roglic is limited. He would have expected that to be much more, I'm pretty sure. Quickstep would have hoped that to be much more. While Yumbo will be extremely happy, like you say, that it's only... 17 is 16-ish seconds on the MQA in the pool here because that's that's less than half of what... Well, that's the time of, that's the time of yesterday netted out pretty much. Exactly. 14 seconds, 17 seconds, time yesterday netted out. Very happy with that, Yeah, I think. Now, the aspect as well is like, when it comes to the MQA in the pool, what leads to this? Is it that he was worse than at the first time trial? Is it because the fatigue of nine days, consecutive days, because we had no rest day after day three between day three and day four, that's a possibility. Is it the injuries that maybe he still heard from the crash of two days ago? Is it pacing and so forth? But he said something in the interview afterwards, right? He did. He talked about, I think there's so many factors. First yeah. of all, which is why I picked G, the, the lower speed, the TT, the worse for Renko. He's called the aero bullet, the Sheptal Scud for a reason. <laughs> the, the higher the speed, the closer you get to 60 kph for a TT, the more it matters how aerodynamic you are, and Remco CDA is probably something yeah. ridiculous. So, the rain, the, first of all, the rain will lower the average speed of the TT. That's not helping Remco. Second of all, his cornering, not convinced on the TT bike in the wet. And it was more technical than I gave it credit for this TT. Thirdly, he didn't look good yesterday. And afterwards, his watts, not, his watts were not good. Um, Yes, down that climb. I don't care about, oh, well, yep. the five-minute effort suits Rolich. Hugh Carthy dropped Remco for a little bit on that climb. Yep. Something wrong with his watts. So either it's, as we said, we don't know. It's either the injury, it's either, like, crashing twice doesn't help. So maybe he's not injured, but the energy it takes to recover from that, you know, yep. hitting your body at 60 kph twice, 
you know, the energy requirements in the first week, I think it all adds up. And I think that's how we get this result today. And secondly, uh, the Vuelta TT was after the first rest day. And I think that's yeah. important too. And that's why I really like the placement of this TT. I know it's on the weekend. It's better to have it on a Tuesday maybe and a mountain stage day. But this created a fatigue TT. Yeah. Now, you said something there about the pacing. And I find that's something that I want to dive into a bit more. As in, we saw the first time check where he obliterated everybody. 27 seconds on Roglic at the first time check. I was like, damn. And if you keep that in mind then with the interview he gave afterwards where he said all the pacing, I, I, I felt like I went a bit too hard at the start. That pacing plan is probably based on historical performances of Remco. So they thought that's a pacing plan he can achieve over this time on this terrain, that type of stuff. So with that in mind, if he can't uphold that pacing plan after T1, so towards T2, towards T3, then that probably also concurs with what you say about yesterday where his watts weren't asked up. So there's a deficit of watts over these two stages that Remco could have done previously, but not now. Or it's inexperience. Like, for example, a lot of the teams first use a computer program to generate the what they, they input the GPX file, they put in the course parameters, and then a computer program generates for each rider the what's those riders can do uh, or should do or should be able to hold for that TT and in which sections. And then you obviously need an experienced eye to be like, that's unrealistic, that's not possible. And I think that played a big part, by the way, in the Paranese team time trial, uh, which teams used that and which didn't or had yeah. a better handle on it. Did quick step set Remco's watts for this TT like it was the second stage of Belgian Balwaza Tour or the first stage of the Giro? Did they not downward adjust his watts? Or, or did he, they not have the data to base it on? Because has he done nine days in a row? Well, he did the Vuelta TT last year and he said himself that that wasn't his best TT ever either. Yeah, but it rest day, like you said, eh? Yeah, but I don't know. Or... So was it just too ambitious or was the target fine and he just didn't have the legs like yesterday? But then if you didn't have the legs yesterday, should you have been more conservative to T1? Yeah. Or he's using a Shimano power meter, which doesn't work properly. Um, is also, <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's, I know. Other teams do, eh? Other teams do. Ineos are on that power meter, I'm pretty sure as well. So it, it might not be that. And also it's problems are mainly in the small ring. So good luck on Monte Lasari, everyone using that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, time splits. I want to talk time splits. Okay. Because um, this is the evidence of that. What we're saying is, so Remco to T1, 11 seconds ahead of G, uh, 13, 14 seconds ahead of Gegenhardt, 15 ahead of Kung. Looks normal, right? Mm -hmm. T1 to T2, 6th. T2 to T3, 11. T2 to the finish, 8th. I mean, it's not a... It kind of is a blow-up, right? Yeah. Because... Not he, a complete one. Well, it is, though, because if you gain 15 at T1 and then you're like, okay, so he's going to... keep If he keeps this pace, he's going to gain 45 seconds. He doesn't even hold 15. He loses. So he, like, he had to go so slow in the headwind section... Uh, Roglic took some time back there. I mean, conversely, Roglic, T1 at T1, he was ninth, Benji. I was like, he's this he's gonna have an absolute stinker. T2, he's eighth. T3, he's seventh. But he his T2 to the finish, Roglic was second. So Roglic really worked himself into this TT 
and ended in sixth with, I mean, yeah, just a, just a good, t it's like Roglic, it's weird because should Roglic beat Bruno Armirel in this TT? Absolutely. Yeah. Should, but, but, but Admirai has been good, eh? Yeah. And, but then it's like, okay, but then he lost to a flat specialist, Stefan Kung, a handful of seconds, I think 13 seconds. Isn't that a good performance from Roglic? And then he's lost 17 seconds. The real outlier in this TT, the one that's just a crazy result, Taylor Gagenhart. What the fuck? And he mentioned <laughs> that I spoke to some people who were in the, I spoke to some, uh, some of the 185ers. And if you don't know what I'm talking about. So the TT rules had, if you were over 190 centimeters, you were allowed to use uh, certain length of extensions, which to account for you being so tall and, and yeah. whatever, to allow you to adopt a more aerodynamic position. Those rules have since been changed because it was unfair to, if you were between 184 and 189 centimeters, that was the, whatever the opposite of a sweet spot is, that was a terrible zone to be in because you, it's like Sivakov also was in yeah. that zone. You couldn't use the long extensions. You're still really tall, and it's actually you're better off being 175 like uh, Vingegaard or 177 like Roglic and Pagacha. But those rules have been changed, and now you can proportionally use different extensions. I don't really know, but Gagenhart mentioned it. I think that's been a big help. That must be a positive for him, and those rules have really helped him bring his TT up, probably also just training a lot for it. I think so as well, because it's not just the position itself. You need to train to be comfortable in that position for X amount of time, you need to go through that process. And we see that in the progress that Gegenhardt has gone through because his Tireno ITT was not as good as his time trials at the Giro, for example. But that might also be because at Tireno, he was not on the level that he was in the Giro. Let's be honest about that. Now, you're saying when it comes to Gegenhardt, he's also just in very good form in general, in addition to the factor that Dan Bigaman and the team in Adenias really, really tuned out his position really well, it seems. because. After the first time trial, he was not the fastest or he was not having the fastest time on the flat. And 11th. then on the, on the climb, he then flew past yeah. people. But here he just has a very fast time on every single time check. At T1, he's third. At T2, he's third. At T3, he's second. And then at the finish line, he is third. So the only thing you can say about that is that's a, that's a magnificent performance. That's what you hope for in a Grand Tour like this. Or that's better than Tao would have dreamed of before this Giro started, I would expect. The weird one is Thomas. In the yeah. first TT, he lost 55 seconds. Same time Vlasov, way behind Almeida. Yeah, but on the climb, mainly he blew up, I yeah, think. Yeah, but, but isn't that like a pacing issue? Like, isn't, isn't that a major pacing issue that... Or... He didn't have the legs to do the pacing plan. Yeah, maybe he didn't have the legs there to do the pacing plan. But I, like, in the preview of the Giro, we kind of expected Thomas to come into this Giro a bit underprepared or I, I, under the level. I'm so sick of the peaking discussions. No, I think he's building in this race. <laughs> and he, that's, that's, that's fine because <laughs> week three and week two are the most important. So you don't need to be the best in week one. Is Vlasov peaking? Uh, Vlasov is just a great time trialist now. <laughs> Vlasov peaking. He's just working in the race. He only lost 34 seconds yesterday when they lit it up and dropped him in Kamina. But, you know, he's working his way into it. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Good luck. Um, I believe in. I believe in some If as a Nibali fan, I can't neglect the word peak because that man worked towards the week three of any every Grand Tour. Nah, he did. Everyone just got shitter and Nibali. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> yeah, everyone just got exhausted. He's resistant to fatigue and the cold, which is kind of similar. With Thomas, yeah. maybe. Well, Thomas, I think cold, cold conditions, wet conditions like this year is really suiting him. Now he was good in the tour last year in the heat, but I think he's really good and. 
in these conditions. And uh, just going through some of the other TT results from uh, maybe the GC guys, uh, Vine and Almeida, 35 and 50 seconds, not a disaster. Um, they, they're sort of in that fourth to seventh range of GC right now. They are in the podium, like four guys fighting for the podium, Avidopol, Thomas Gegenhart, Roglic. They're really, and, and Vlasov took a bit of time, and actually, no, Vlasov, they're going to cook. Um, they're really in that fifth to sixth. Caruso, Caruso probably did the best TT of anybody today, losing 42 seconds, probably the slowest speeds in technical course because their setup's terrible. Uh, so a great TT from him. I think we've skipped over one thing in our discussion here. We've spoken about Remco, we've spoken about Enials, we've spoken about DevDJ boys, and so we spoke about Roglic a bit, but I feel like if we take a closer look at the time checks of Roglic, it's also not just that Remco got worse throughout the time trial, it's that Roglic got better throughout the time trial. Yeah. I didn't really expect that to happen because at the first time check, he was also compared to Thomas and so forth, losing quite a bit of time. And then we see towards the next time check and the next time check and the next time check that he doesn't really lose that time towards Thomas and Gegenhard. I'd have to do the math to know whether he got closer, but I think well, his he, last well, he was segment... Sec he, he was second T2 to the finish of yeah. anybody. And T3 to the finish, he was third. So yeah. from that head, no, from after the headwind section, right? You know, I don't even, I mean, it, they're all roughly the same speed, you know, yeah. 50, 51, but yeah, like. Every bit matters, eh? Only slower than Kung, uh, who did a real, Kung has is, Kung is mispaced this TT, I think. Kung was so much quicker. He did a 14.06, the T2 to the finish, if I'm reading this correctly. Edward Kindle killed him, I think. I mean, yeah, maybe, but I think I think he could have won this TT. Maybe if he dropped earlier yesterday, he would have had extra watts at the start. I don't know, but um, probably, yeah, probably. So to, I know that to T one was tailwind, and that means a higher speed thanks to Luca producer, which obviously suits Remco. So, um, Roglic, I don't know. It's just a like, has he been able to train as much in the TT position with the shoulder injury? Is he, has he come into this race lighter? We saw he kicked off on the steep gradients yesterday. Um, I should go through some of the people who really lost big time today, though. Uh, they're not the GC spe or not the TT specialist. So Haig lost 145. That's a big blow. Carthy lost 139. Sivakov lost 105. Legnison Shadow Realm. Legnison loses pink, unfortunately, for him. I'm looking for uh, Ina Rubio, the GC replacement for Jorgensen at Movistar. Man. They said they when the Jorgensen rumors came out, they released an, there was an article in Marker saying, don't worry, we've got Rubio for next year. Don't torture this man. He finished on... 306, no problem. Three, yeah. Speaking for week three, eh? I mean, yeah, listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to look through anybody else. Uh, Ineos got everybody to try. Deplus tried full gas. Aronsman's still trying full gas. He finished on 24 yeah, seconds. Question. The Plus's contract is running out. Yeah. If you're a rider in the last season, I will go all course, out every yeah. time. Trial, rest no offense to the team. I kind of want a good contract next season. Yeah. So I'd think about that. And also, I still believe that Quickstep would be a nice place if he doesn't have the same money that he's now getting at Ineos. Yeah. And um, uh, t -t 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 -t, I think we need to go towards discussing what these gaps will matter. Because We've been talking about ooh, whether this rider did well or did this rider did well, but what does this mean? Because like Remco did not gain the time he wanted to gain. He sounded disappointment disappointed in the in the discussion after the interview. Yeah, well, let's, here's the revised GC standings. 
Avonapol leading GC at the first rest day by 45 seconds on Geraint Thomas, who moves up three positions. Roglic stays in third, but Thomas leapfrogs him. Roglic is on 47 seconds. Gagan Hart is on 50 seconds in fourth. Almeida is on fifth on 107. Lechnerson drops down to 107. Vlasov moves up on one. So now we're talking big gaps. Vlasov on 148 in seventh. Caruso on 213. Kamner on 237. Sivakov on three minutes. Vine on 309. Uh, Aronsman's still trying full gas for GC on 317. Haig has lost a lot of time in Carthy. They're on 343 and 407, but I guess there's still sort of the podium in play. Um, the. Benji's having mic issues. My microphone's and, trying to run away from me. Oh, there you go. That'll do there. Just leave it there. If it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't move. It's got a ghost. Ghost, you got to tighten the bolt on it. Um, first rest day, 47 seconds on Roglic for Remco after two TTs and all the flat TTs too because Monte Lusari is kind of just how good are your legs if that happens. And 45 seconds on, like, and he's got two Ineos guys within 50 seconds. That is much, much tighter than Avon Nepal would have hoped for. He would have hoped for 130, I think, on the next best GC guy. I think so as well. I think he would have wanted more time in total. I was expecting 130 to two minutes, as in what he was expecting during these first two, especially after the first time trial. Because the first time trial, he demolished. But maybe after yesterday, he might have yeah, switched he, his... he put like 50 into G and Roglic on the first time yeah, trial. Yeah, but maybe yesterday he has switched his expectations. Yeah. But then again, the pacing plan must not have changed much in looking at it. So I don't know, going into the next weeks, I am worried about it, Emko. And it's difficult to say how well that rest day is going to make him recover, if that is a possibility when it comes to injuries or fatigue, whatever the issue is at hand with Remco right now, because on paper, Remco should be gaining more time in time trial. If this was stage one or stage two, he would have gained more time. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. So based on that, Kranz Montana, should we worry about that? Because yesterday's performance was not like that. It's not that kind of climb and so forth, but I'm still worried about it because even with the time trial, I was expecting more. Will the rest day be enough to get him to the form to, to fight against Roglic, Thomas and so forth? Who Roglic looks leaner, by the way. How will that affect his longer climbing? Well, it's, you know, if you're doing a 15k, 8.5% climb, it's better to be lighter than not light, I would say. So. Yeah. And he kicked off yesterday and on the steeper ramps. So if I'm looking at Transmontana's next Friday, so he has, he's got six, I can't count, five days. He's got five and a half days to prepare for Transmontana. That's a fair amount of time. And the other stages, I think, are uh, not so difficult. Tomorrow is like a, you know, another rubbish stage. And then stage 11 is rubbish. And then... Stage 12, not that easy, but before Crimes Montana's, no one's going to do anything. So exactly. really, it's going to be, I see three break days ahead of us, or no, Pedersen sort of Matthews tomorrow. Um, so, Sad. Pardon? Sad. Yeah, well, it's, if there was a mountain stage tomorrow, but on Tuesday, we'd see, but it would never, that doesn't normally happen. I don't know. Also, his team, how will his team recover? Now, his team took the TT off today, unlike Ineos' team, because Aaronsman de Plusel went full gas. Um in your uh, quick step guys all just did apart from Catania, pretty slow time. At what point do Ineos uh, play the numbers game as well? That's what <laughs> what I'm interested in. Um, well, yesterday they weren't going to. Firstly, they want to keep themselves close to the top of GC 
as long as possible. So I think it will depend on what happens on Kranz Montana and will they already use it on Kranz Montana? I'm kind of, I'm seeing possibilities on that terrain because if we take a look at that stage 13, it is the type of terrain where you've got those two major climbs and a valley before the final climb where you can have satellite riders ahead and maybe a rider moves on the Quadricur, which is the second last climb, which is a climb we saw in the Tour de France, which is a really difficult second last climb where stuff can happen. And Keeping that in mind, there's tactics possible on this stage, but will that be too early for them to dare using their numerical advantage? It's difficult because that numerical advantage might also slip away on a stage like this. Exactly. Like, I think Gegenhart's the attacker, right? And Thomas is the yeah. one that sits behind. So Gegenhart's the attacker, but he's descending in a bit so so. Yeah, Thomas's valley pacing is good, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I don't know. It's really, the GC is really, really well placed. Like if Roglic had crashed out to this point, G dropped hard yesterday and Gegenhard lost two minutes in the TTs and Remco was um, two minutes ahead of the next best guy, this race wouldn't be looking so good. But right now, this looks really, really good for the next couple of weeks. The TTs have basically kept this as a status quo because even if it's a minute or even if we go into the Monte Lusari with these gaps... I have no idea. I, I'd probably pick Gaganart to win the Giro if this was the gap at Montelusari, honestly. Like, um, anyway, any last thoughts, Benji, uh, before? Because we're not doing a rest day recap tomorrow. You've got to travel back to the UK. Sad. Uh, we'll preview stage 10 now. But any last thoughts on GC, on those narratives uh, before we... Uh, oh, I guess, did we miss Remco said yesterday he, he just messed up the pacing following Roglic? Nah, I don't believe it. Yeah, probably... Because, like, we dove into it on the podcast yesterday. Yeah. If we take a look closer at the climb, you even dissected it even more, but it was already pretty clear, I feel like, where he initially kept himself on a solid gap, and then suddenly it, evap it expanded quite a bit to, like, eight seconds instead of, like, the two, three, or whatever that it was initially. And then he, he held that, but I felt like even afterwards, he lost time to other GC riders that were not, not Roglic. So yeah, I don't believe that the pacing was the issue. I think the... The not being good enough was the issue at that point. And I think that's once again today, even, even, even though he won the bloody stage, he no, wasn't feels, good it enough. It feels like a loss today. Yeah. GC-wise, this feels like a loss for Demko. 100%. And summarizing this podcast, I would say that one, I'm worried for Demko. Two, I'm pretty, uh, pretty bullish on Primoz knowing this time trial was a lot better than his first one. At the start, it looked goddamn terrible. I thought he was, <laughs> was going to ship a minute and a half. I was about to, <laughs> to, to cry with all the Slovenians for a second there. But he came back in, in the last 75% of his time troll and obliterated the doubt I had about him, basically. And when it comes to Ineos, the further we go into this race, the more I have confidence that they're playing it better than UAE. UAE? We haven't spoken about UAE at all, have we? Yeah, but they've lost a minute and three minutes with Almeida and Vine. I mean, we haven't seen the first, we have not seen the first mountaintop finish yet. Or, or even proper yeah. mountain stage. I'm like, glasses, by the way. Yeah, all the, in, the UAE guys had problems with the helmet or the flapping with the strap, and then Amada's visor did it fall off. But Marginal yeah, losses. They need to be, if they want a podium this race, the UAE guys need to be aggressive and play numbers on yeah. that Crans Montana stage because otherwise, the Ineos are going to lock out the podium with one Vines of the attacker. Yeah, yeah, of course. But and then Amada sits behind. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because. Ineos got two numbers, they're behind Remco, Remco's got the time advantage, but he looks vulnerable, his team looks a bit so-so mm, in the mountains, 
Roglic has got a really thinned out team, but how good is he going to be in the mountains? He's now close in striking distance. It's really, really interesting to me. It's a shame we only have one, really one interesting stage in the second week. Um, anyway. Story time. Yeah. I climbed my first major climb today. Really? Up called Orino. Yeah. If you want to watch that, it's on GCN Plus. <laughs> Imagine. We got, why don't we have a GCN documentary on Benji? Well, because um, didn't get offered the big money, I'm afraid. Yeah. Should do a GC Cold Aldino challenge. I mean, maybe we could we can talk to them. It took me four attempts, but I got there. Anyway, if you do want to watch the TT back along with the time splits or the highlights, the long form highlights, you can check it out at GCN Plus through the link down below. There's 15% off an annual pass that deal is not going to last forever so if you're on the fence now is the time to take the plunge in selected territories you've got the rest of this year are coming up as well as you can recap tour to hungary yesterday and all the other racing throughout this season which you know there's still two-thirds of the season and summer racing left thanks to gcn plus for supporting the show and go and check out that deal down below that's what we've been watching the giro on every single day together on the TV, on your phone, on any device, even listening through, through your car if you want, on your phone. Okay, Benji, stage 10. It's just a misc sprint stage, right? From Scandia, <laughs> from Scandiano to Viareggio, in Lido di Cam Camaore. This is where they had the TT. Or this is where the sprint you and won against Wout in the Tirreno Adriatico two years ago. I'm not ago. allowing this. I'm not allowing this. I want you to take your computer, whatever browser you're on, whatever phone you're on, Take a look at stage 10 and then scroll back to stage 5 and tell me they didn't just copy paste that stage. Oh, let me have a look. That's exactly the same bloody stage. <laughs> it's the growth stage. Holy, it's the what? It's the same stage. <laughs> it's, but it's on the other side of the other side of Italy. <laughs> How do they do this? Copy paste. Oh, this is going to be dull. <laughs> um, well, if Groves, I mean. Again, maybe it is different though. Maybe now Groves, well, not maybe, Groves has been sick. Maybe some teams have realized that they can't win the sprint, so they'll go in the break. Yeah, court, it will try and get in the break. There is a 3K 8% climb at the start uh, of this stage, which could mean that there was also a climb on the other stage. So I don't know. We, we just, you got to hope for a little bit more aggression from the teams. As I said, 200Ks, it's long again. The first half is hilly, all the altitude gain there. Then they're on the coast, on the uh, western coast of Italy in Viareggio. I think it will be a bunch sprint for, and I think um, I need to go look how technical it is, <laughs> how many corners there are. I don't think there are that many corners. Is there a late corner? Is this the... Is this the final? Is this the one that uh, Gaviria, Gaviria picks? I'm going to pick Gaviria. <laughs> just I'm in case the corner is close enough to the finish line. Yeah, just in case. Okay, I'm going to go for... Do you think Milan gets dropped? Do you think Cav makes it? Cav, Cav, Cav should have He should have banned him by the second rest day and prepared for the tour, right? Yeah, he's crashed 17 times already, so... Yeah. By the second rest day? Yeah. Because he could, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he could make this no, finish. No, at the bottom of Grand Montana. <laughs> no, at the bottom of the first climb of that day. There could be some OTLs. Jump in the car. Because, like, yeah. no other reason for him to stay here. And a lot of other sprinters, maybe, that are like, oh, I don't want to do this climbing, and we're going to go to the Tour de France. Those riders should not be doing the Grand Montana stage. And even the breakaway stages beforehand are useless. So it wouldn't surprise me if Gaff drops out after stage 10. I think so. I'm um, not going to go for Gav, though. Who are you going for? I'm going to go for 
But if it's a copy based off stage five, then Groves has to win. But on the other hand, he's been sick. I want to go for Jonathan Milan. He's been really strong in intermediate sprints, but maybe that means he's spending way too much effort at intermediate sprints that he could use at the final sprint instead. But I believe in Jonathan Milan, the new Frenchman. I'm going with Milan too. I'm re rescinding my pick of Gaviria because there's a left-hand corner. Okay, I'm going for Gaviria then. There's a I'll wait till I tell you this. There's a left-hand corner with three Ks to go and then it's a straight line. Oh, fuck. For three Ks. <laughs> No. <laughs> Can't take him back. I took Gaviria. I have to go now. Right, Double I'm, down. I'm going Milan. I think Easy he, win. I think Milan will win. Gaviria will lead him or Pedersen out. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we should... Oh, and by the way, for the, the Chiclamino standings, if we were doing a professional podcast, uh, we should... Rev I mean, Chiclamino is really not something I care too much about. I couldn't um, give less fuck. The jersey is beautiful, though. <laughs> it is a beautiful jersey, but it, Milan is still leading that 100, uh, 13 points ahead of Groves. And 24 points ahead of Pedersen. Matthews a fair bit behind. Um, but yeah, Milan, I think he's in the hot seat for that. And Groves, but Groves, I think, is if he gets over his sickness, he, he's more likely to make it to Milan given his... Uh, no, to Rome, sorry. There, no, Jonathan to Milan. To Rome. Uh, <laughs> because his climbing is very, very good when he isn't unwell. But yeah, that's all from us. Let us know who you think winning, is winning this Giro based after the first rest day. Overreactions in the chat on the comments only. And uh, we'll take a rest of ourselves tomorrow. Until Stage 10 Recap, ciao. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.